T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. That what happened to Demar uh, Hamlin, you know, the, the NFL player who... Yeah. Collapsed on the field. You you knew it had to be Trump's fault somehow, right? Okay. We just hadn't figured out how, but you knew immediately. You could see, you could tell, looking at it, it was Trump's fault, or at least a fault of the right, right? So I guess we, they're going through the sixty-four steps to get to Donald Trump here. Exactly. Yeah. To regular people, it looks kind of like a square dance. Yeah. Right. So Joy Behar at the View. This oh, is why they gosh. pay. They pay her the big bucks. Joy Behar at the View has figured out who is actually responsible for DeMar Hamlin collapsing. Now, do I even have to tell you the punchline? It's toxic white males, obviously, who are conservative. It's their fault. Okay. Okay, I didn't see him get hit over the head, did you? No. No, I didn't see that. Um, but Joy Behar is here to help us all understand. Here we go. 45% of Americans think that ta- tackle football is appropriate. Wow. Uh, h- heterosexual men voted the most support for kids uh, doing football. Mm-hmm. And conservatives were more likely to support youth tackle football. Just saying. Just saying what? I, I don't actually know. Anyway, if they had um, um, this morning on Fox News... They actually had Beverly Hallberg with District Media Group, and she was talking about polling on this, and she's like, actually, people don't realize this. 46% of NFL fans are women. I was surprised by that. I was like, wow, that is a higher number than I would have thought, but they are. It's the NFL. If women were like, kaput on the NFL, it'd be kaput, you know? I mean, it yeah. would, they'd, they'd put a smack on them, smackdown on them. Um so I thought that was interesting. And she said, listen, I mean, women of color, this, the love for this sport in the way that it is played right now is actually truly the closest to universal. It's the closest, you know, in terms of just cutting across racial, ethnic, you know, middle class, you know, financial lines, all of that kind of stuff. But then she did what I thought. I just want to get you to react to this because I knew this would fire you up. Was one of the most epic takedowns of why the left just doesn't like sports, period, that I've ever heard. I think many on the left really disdain the sport for a few reasons. One is it's based on competition, which means there are winners and losers based on how well you play. They don't want um, that type of play in that type of society where there are winners and losers. And then you add to that the fact that families get around and watch these games each week. And I think this is a key point. The national anthem is sung. And you often have many players kneeling in prayer, either individually or together. So I think the fact that it is steeped, steeped in tradition that families love it i think that is something that many on the left are trying to tear down 
Well, and she she doesn't. I'll say the quiet part out loud. It's because it's distinctly American culture. Yep. She won't go that far, but I will. It's because it is distinctly American. And the Marxist, socialist, progressive, secularist want to kill American culture. You know, and I'm, I'm not going to sit here and put NFL football on an altar. That's not the point. It is a collective activity that the American culture enjoys and is not really shared by the rest of the world. This is uniquely an American sport. And, and you know, when you say football elsewhere in the country, uh, around the world, they think of soccer. And it's never quite caught on with the rest of the world like it has here either. No, it hasn't. I mean, even though the NFL is famously playing some games um, in London, and, and those have been well attended, have been played on the pitch, as they call it in the, the soccer lingo, uh, in the fields there. Um, and I think they've done a couple of games in Mexico City. But, you know, football is played in America. That's pretty much it. And then there is European NFL teams. They, they do have some, um, you know, I guess you could call minor league teams that, that play there. Um, but, uh, but you know, foot, football as we know it in the NFL is uniquely American. Look, I realize there have been, you know, concussions and people have had head injuries. The NFL has gotten better about both taking care of, taking care of them and, and also preventing that. Um, but <laughs> this idea that we should just go ahead and make a save. I mean, nobody has died on the field in over 50 years. It's been 51 years since that has happened. That's actually amazingly, I think, given how hard those yeah. hits are. Oh, I know. And, and, yeah. yeah. Listen, there, there is no safe activity. If you were involved in any sport, and I will dare say competitive sport, because that's what sports are about is competing. Um, without it, there's no point. Um, there is danger. There is danger in every single sport out there. It, it does not matter what it is. And... That is what you accept as an athlete when you go out there. Obviously, you want to do everything that you can possibly do within reason to mitigate the danger and to, um, you know, eliminate as much of it as possible. And But, you know, at a certain point, there is some risk or it, you know, wouldn't be worth watching. And look, here's the thing that kills me. We don't even know why this happened. No, no. For- there, there, there is. We have not been told. And and all these pundits and and doctors that are getting on the air talking oh, about this. Oh, it's driving me crazy. You don't. You have not examined this young man. This young man is sitting right now in a hospital bed, as far as we know, still sedated and in critical condition. You have not examined him. You do not have his medical files. You do not know what happened yet. All you have is the video that you may have watched of the Monday night football game in which the you know the injury occurred. If there even was an injury, for all we know, we have a he has a congenital heart I, problem. He was know. born with that nobody we caught. I mean, we don't know. They don't know. Don't know. You know, you know. And there was there were some who were trying to, um, you know, accuse T. Higgins, uh, the the player involved, former Clemson athlete, star Clemson athlete, um, you know, of of you know, as an offensive player being responsible for that. Please, no, no. You know, he he was advancing the ball. The defensive player was trying to tackle him. That's it. That's <laughs> just. I don't know, but um, anyway, once again, getting back to the uh, Madam Behar, that's all this is is about demeaning American culture and eliminating American culture. Too, that like, oh, well, you know, Jamar Hamlin would have never gone out on the field unless somebody made him, you know, these toxic white conservative males. No, he was out there because he wanted to be out there. Yeah, the toxic white males that were paying him millions of dollars to play a sport. 
Right. Like you all, yeah, people know you could get injured. There's a lot of injuries. There's a lot, there's a high injury rate. People love it and they play anyway. These are the same people, by the way, that, that poor girl in North Carolina who has had a concussion, still has not recovered. She still has not been cleared um, to play sports again. That's how much damage she had from the boy, um, you know, chop blocking her in the head with a volleyball. I mean, it's just absolutely outrageous. Are these people going to condemn that? No, we don't speak of those things. No. You want to talk about, okay, you want to keep sports safer? Let's Here, let's do thing number one. Let's get boys out of girls' sports. Yeah, exactly. There let's do that. Oh, no, we can't talk about that. All right, well, you know, this is ridiculous. But you know what? I'm right there with you. If I, I, I see these cardiologists coming on these shows and I'm like, click, I'm not watching that. You have no idea what you're even talking about. I mean, now the thing is, and I've learned this actually interesting. On average, 15... Kids a year, almost all under 20, if you get hit in the chest at exactly the right angle, at exactly the right place in your heart's beat, it could cause you to go into cardiac arrest. I didn't know that. Yeah, actually- that's, that's been an issue in Little League Baseball for yeah. some time. And this this issue goes back decades. I mean, yeah. I, I remember years ago hearing about this, and and some of the you know little league players, uh, they apparently wear some type of um, protective chest protector there that uh, go you know tries to um, you know mitigate that situation because yes, if that ball hits you right in the chest at the right time when the heart is in a certain position. Uh, a certain function, yeah, it can cause cardiac arrest. I mean, this has been known for some time, but whether or not that has anything to do with this injury with Hamlin is not really, has not been determined at this point. We'll put it that way. But yeah, that issue goes back a long way. And and that had, that was baseball, which is not considered to be a contact sport. No. Unless you're slotting in for home. <laughs> yeah, in which case all bets are off. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, you knew someone was going to go there. I'm surprised it took this many days, yeah, really. to tell you the truth. That's Thursday already. I thought we'd be here by Tuesday. But, you know, it's Joy Behar, so. Please. I just, you know, she's got every right to say what she wants, but we have every right to believe that what she says is moronic. Yeah. All right. Uh, when when we come back, the incredible array of people censoring Americans from as far away as, get this, Ukraine. I promise to follow up. We'll do it next. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.
Oh my gosh, this is wild. Um, on Fox News right now, they have the Idaho murder suspect. You know, he was stopped twice um, driving from Moscow, Idaho, across the country to Pennsylvania, where his parents live, where they ultimately were able to capture him. And in the screenshot, like the from the officer's body cam, you can see his hand. There's wounds all over it. It's wild. He must have gotten those in the fight. Because some of those victims put up one heck of a fight. That's got to be how his DNA ended up left at the scene. Anyway, they were just pointing that out on uh, Fox News. It's interesting to see. Okay. Um, this is one of the crazy... Folks, in the, in the coming years, we're going to hear a story so insane. We're seeing the outlines of it now. We've been following it in the Battleground podcast. A story so big, so massive, and so wide, it will shock the conscience of the American people. I mean, way beyond the fact that the, the FBI is censoring us and acting as the gateway for all these other agencies to censor us. Do you remember the first of these? And actually came from a whistleblower who dumped a bunch of documents at um, a uh, nonprofit called Foundation for Freedom Online. And folks, this is still gives me the willies. In the summer of 2020, the summer of 20, remember the election was the fall, right? In the summer of 2020, the Department of Homeland Security and an agency underneath it called CISA started building an algorithm. Summer of 2020, months before the election. To do what? Oh, to censor any mentions online of absentee ballot fraud. Why is the Department of Homeland Security building an algorithm? Paying the Atlanta Council to build an algorithm to censor mentions of election fraud, election ballot fraud in the summer of 2020. Why would the Department of Homeland Security do that? Or how would they even know they would need it? They spent five months, though, and had it ready to go for the election. Isn't that weird? And then it just gets weirder. The Atlanta Council has been paid for censorship of the American people by the Department of Homeland Security. You can see the documents. I spent a lot of time over Christmas reading them and doing Battleground podcasts on them. Um, And you can see them um, on the Foundation for Freedom website, all the links. And the crazy thing is they're not even hiding it. The Atlanta Council published a 292-page report on the whole thing. And from there, it gets exponentially weirder. Like how the Department of Homeland Security deputized the chief lobbyist spokesperson for Burisma. Remember Hunter Biden was on the board of Burisma? To censor you here in America if you questioned in any way whether the 2020 election was legit. It's a weird story. So weird. Before I brought it to the battleground and now to the show, I had to go read these documents for myself. I was like, no, I got to see this. He's right. Listen to this. This is Mike Benz, head of the Foundation for Freedom Online. And he's right. The Atlantic Council did fest to this. The Department of Homeland Security deputized a Burisma lobbyist to censor tens of millions of social media posts about the 2020 election. 100% of their targets by their own 292-page report, 100% of so-called repeat misinformation spreaders were conservatives, were Trump supporters. They censored 22 million tweets. They databased 860 million tweets. They go through the entire 15 different platforms, 120 different staffers. The Atlantic Council has seven living former CIA directors currently serving on its board. 
just so you know their names, it is Michael Hayden, James Woolsey, Leon Panetta, David Petraeus, Michael Morell, William Webster, and Robert Gates. And to that list, you can add Porter Goss, who just joined Chris Krebs's new censorship venture. Chris Krebs was leading the DHS censorship division at Port, at uh, at CISA. So that's eight. Li- many people don't know eight living. Eight former CIA directors are still alive, let alone all concentrated in the same locus deputized to censor the 2020 election. Now, the Atlantic Council signed a formal collaboration agreement with Burisma to secure deal flow there, especially in eastern Ukraine, the exact target region implicated in the post-2014 strife. I can go on and on about this, but but I'll pause there if you want to ask any questions. What? And he's right. So the Department of Homeland Security cuts a deal, contract, uh, with the Atlantic Council. Their board, seven living CIA directors, insane. And they deputize them to censor any mention of election fraud. This doesn't happen the week of the election or because suddenly there's a you know, misinformation out there. It's This is in the summer of 2020, months before the election. How do they know they would need all this? Are these creeps from the CIA, they're, they, they, they now make a living after they serve censoring Americans? Why is the Department of Homeland Security doing this? Here's Mike Benz, Foundation for Freedom Online, with the rest of the story. It gets even crazier. Wait, what? Yeah, listen. So you had this situation with the Hunter Biden laptop being censored uh, in the romp to the 2020 election. But there's a that's child's play compared to the actual scandal of censorship involving the Hunter Biden laptop network. So you have uh, Hunter Biden's relationship with Burisma, where he was receiving hundreds of thousands of dollars from this uh, Ukrainian uh, gas uh, company, private gas company, essentially. Now, Burisma signed a cooperation agreement in January 2017 with the Atlantic Council. For the Atlantic Council to, to secure deal flow for Burisma. Now, the Department of Homeland Security then tapped the Atlantic Council in order to censor 22 million tweets about mail-in ballots, about early voting drop boxes, and about and about vote tabulation for the tw- in the five months before the 2020 election. This would be the equivalent of the Department of Homeland Security deputizing the Trump Organization to censor RussiaGate. Uh, it was done at scale. They banned entire narratives. If you go to Foundation for Freedom Online, you'll see a list of what those banned narratives were, as well as a detailed compilation of the quantitative degree of censorship, because these people bragged about it in order to secure more donor funding in a 292-page tell-all report, which I break down in granular detail on, on Foundation for Freedom Online. That's from the War Room podcast. That's Mike Benz. What the heck? is going on in this country. You a procrastinator? I'm a bit of a procrastinator. I mean, I've met worse. But still. New study showing people who tend to procrastinate 
also tend to have some of the worst health outcomes, to die earlier, and to be depressed. Well, that makes sense. If you've got health problems, you probably procrastinate about taking care of them, right? It's not good. So you're more likely to be depressed, unhealthy, and broke. Are, are you a, you know who I'd love to hear from? A former procrastinator? Like you used to be a procrastinator, but now you're not. Anyways, from the UK Daily Mail today, researchers from Stockholm recruited 3,500 students from eight college colleges. Uh, found out those who regularly put off doing things had a host of other issues in their lives. Well, some, pretend, some tend to procrastinate a little for others. It's their general disposition. So, I mean, look, I, I, there's none of us who could say we didn't procrastinate on something in our lives. But still. Uh, Charles Dickens, they write, famously wrote, procrastination is the thief of time. Boy, that's profound. Boy, that is true. Anyway, they found it could steal your sleep, damage your health, and leave you for worse off financially. Now, here's the thing. The problem with these studies is, what they can tell you is, is the procrastination causing these problems? Or is it just people who have these problems also tend to be procrastinators? Nobody knows. But I'd love to hear from you if you beat the problem of procrastination and how you did it. I actually live with... I'm a moderate procrastinator. I'll put stuff off, but not in the extreme. Like if I have it and I got to get it done, I won't do it right. If I got a week to do it, like I'm not doing it Monday and I'm probably not doing it Wednesday, but, but I, but I will start Thursday. I'm not going to be doing it Friday an hour before uh, it's due. Like one of my children. I have another child and the husband is the complete opposite of this. And I've never seen, uh, another person like like these two, they if they get an assignment, they get something they have to do. They cannot stand not to start immediately. And I mean, it's it's to the point where I have to talk to my son about. Okay, wait, no, no, honey, no. Okay, you know, I understand your yeah, but your project. I, I do the projects in the house with the kids, like the school projects. Oh yeah, oh yes, no, we don't want to procrastinate. I get that, but it's due in two weeks, and it was assigned today. Like we're not. I no, I can't do it all tonight. I, I got to prep for the show. I got to do stuff. I've got other stuff I got to do. I, no, we're not doing the full five hour project tonight, right? So I've been telling him because he can't stand me every day that it's not done drives him bonkers, and then he drives me bonkers. So I've I've had a kind of reason with my okay, like we're not doing a five hour project tonight, but I'll get the cardboard paper tomorrow and we'll do this part and I end up promising okay we'll get it done the first week which drives me nuts because I mean I went yeah but okay but I've got other stuff to do tomorrow that uh, you're pushing us up but you know I also don't want to I don't want to limit him either you know I don't want to teach him not to get it done so but um there hasn't been a school project that we've handed in on time like like this year yet on and on time but by on time I mean we're always two or three days early like for me, I've never been that way in my life. I've never handed stuff in two to three days early. I'm sure there's one thing I've forgotten, but but nothing. I usually hand it in right on time. You know, I'm pretty average, so I'd be not him. He takes after his dad. They are the same way. They have got to get it done right away. So I've had to explain to him, like, look, look, honey, no, I can't, no, I can't do five hours right now. No, I'm gonna have because my show is tomorrow, so I gotta get this stuff done right now. But we'll do a little, and I have to do a little or he'll go bonkers. I've never known other people like that, but the two of them. And then I've got another son who's just, you know, 
He'll get, he'll get it done. I mean, he's not going to have to start compulsively right away to the exclusion of everything else, but he's going to get it done on time with some time to spare. So um, I've got that in my house. How do you get past that? Uh, Texter writes, and by the way, you can text me 71307. Texter writes, uh, Tara, apparently Newsmax is out with a new clip of McCarthy claiming he got 10 more votes for speaker and he thinks he'll get past the impasse by noon you know look i've been watching mccarthy for a very long time mccarthy's own mentor a retired former congress member from his state said he's a liar last week and he can't trust him this is his mentor who helped him get elected to congress this is what you're dealing with with this guy he's a sleazebag and the sad thing to me here is because these guys you know if they're not going to hold on he is going to tear every one of the no votes apart He's coming after every one of them in the primary. He's going to make sure that conservative voices don't get elected anymore. And this has been the biggest threat to the Bush fundraising machine that we have seen in 30 years right here, right now. They have never seen anyone publicly oppose them like this. To the, to the, you know, the effect that, that their chosen nominee wouldn't get the votes. And look, I, I can tell you how it's going to go months from now. I'm going to be... Back on the air, day in and day out. I'm going to be Googling Kevin McCarthy's name every morning. And we're going to have more and more law breaking by the FBI, more and more outrages by the CIA and the Pentagon. They're breaking the law too. Uh, they're censoring you. They're doing all of these things. And and we'll go back to Kevin McCarthy. has absolutely nothing to say about it. So green flags all of it. And I've been breaking this down for you guys for, gosh, I mean, a year at least now. The reason everything is happening in our country, all of the bad things, 100% can be traced back to two people, Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell, period, end of memo. And I've explained to you how it works. The Democrats do, I know what they do. They do what I do every single day. They, get, they go to Google to see, okay, well, we just did this outrageous thing. We're going to get away with it. And they put in Kevin's name and they put in, Mitch McConnell's name to see if they've said anything. No. Okay. That's a thumbs up. Let's go to the next level and the next level and then let's see what we get away with. Let's see if there's any outrage, any amount of law breaking that they'll object to. Folks, the whole Russia collusion hoax, which put us in danger of being at war with Russia. We sent tanks to their border. And it was all a lie. That all happened because Mitch McConnell and then uh, Republican Speaker of the House, Paul Ryan, who knew damn well it was a lie, let it keep going. The illegal spying on Trump, the illegal spying on the Republican Party, using the illegal FISA application where they perjured themselves before the court. That's never been condemned by Mitch McConnell. I think about this. The FBI and the Department of Justice lied to the FISA court, lied to get a three-jump warrant so they could spy on Trump, anyone who would ever talk to Trump, emailed Trump, anyone in Trump's circles, and then anyone in their circles. And as Trey Gowdy, remember, explained on Fox News, that net is so wide, they would have been spying on the entire Republican Party. It's never been condemned, any of it, by Mitch McConnell or Kevin McCarthy. And this was a fight that needed to be had and McCarthy wins, it's going to be like flipping a switch. He may have to give in to all the demands of some of these Republicans, but it's going to go back to the way it was. 
with the FBI, the CIA, the Pentagon, breaking the law, spying illegally, doing all of these things with no condemnation, none from our leadership, which is going to make it worse and make it worse and make it worse and make it worse. Just once I'd love to know, I, and I'm like genuinely curious, you probably are too, if we fought back, what would happen? I, I don't like, I don't know. When I say fought back, I mean just our leaders condemning this stuff or even admitting it's going on publicly, in public. I, I don't know what that would look like. I don't know what would happen. I mean, we haven't even, and this is why I get so frustrated with the, t- I get this, I've gotten this text that it doesn't matter, no matter what we do, we're going to lose. We don't know that. I don't know that. My frustration with you is I come in here every day and talk about this. Oh, we're losing. No, it's that we're not fighting. It's like, you know, one of my kids' sports teams going, oh, we're just losing. And me going, well, yeah, but you didn't show up. The game was scheduled at one. You weren't even on the field. Nobody came. That's where we are. Nobody, the soccer game was at one, and our team didn't even show. Like, we didn't even pull into the parking lot because that would have acknowledged that there was a, a soccer game. We didn't put the jersey on, which would have acknowledged we were a soccer team and that there was a game. Forget stepping on the field. We're not even there. That's what you get with Kevin McCarthy. That's what you get with Mitch McConnell. And I'm going to be sitting in this chair if he gets this thing today. A week from now, will he last a week, two months? We'll have yet another outrageous disclosure. More law breaking by the deep states. Almost every day now we have another way the FBI is breaking the law. And they'll go back to total silence and it won't stop and it won't end. It won't end. It's the silence that chafes me the most. It's not the fact that Kevin McCarthy won't even commit to putting a border security bill on the floor. The border security bill that the congressional delegation from Texas and the governor of Texas backs, members of his own party. I mean, this is why they threw the gauntlet down. Matt Getz explained this. Like we went to a month ago with this plan. Everybody's on board from Texas. We just want to secure the border. We want to stop the 100 terrorists that have come over. Can we do it? No. No. No, because Kevin would rather have the border open, fundraise on it, not have to take a stand. Texter writes, how can I get legislators to not vote for these leaders? Um, I've called them more than once. Just call them again. Make it hurt. Make it hurt. Make it hurt for Jeff Duncan to do this. Make it hurt for William Timmons to do this. I'm telling you, I used to work in a congressional office and one of my jobs was to log the telephone calls. We had Excel spreadsheets back then and you you just we wanted to know for or against on each issue. We talked about it. They're aware of it. Call Jeff Duncan. Tell him you know. Let him know he's not creeping along getting away with this. Let William Timmons know. You know. He put... Everything he, those two, they have everything they have ever come on this air and complained about. If you want to do something about it, today's the day you vote no. And if you don't vote no today, you were never serious. You're just talking a good game. You're just talking a good game. I hate that. Because I generally like these guys. They generally vote the right way most vast majority of the time, especially Jeff Duncan. I hate to do it. It hurts my heart. I like Jeff Duncan. But reality is not always what we want it to be. And I've always brought you reality. And you know I'll go the other way. When Lindsey Graham does something right, I'll give him a pat on the back every time. Same with Tim Scott. I let you know, hey, he got this right. He's standing up for you. He's doing a good job. We don't have any sacred cows here. It does not cut either way. 
though, when Jeff Duncan gets it right, inevitably in the future votes in a good way, I'll thank him on the air and we'll go on. But I want you to remember this vote because this was one of the ones that mattered. And I want you to do one other thing today, too, whether you're one of his constituents or not, call Ralph Norman, tell him thank you. What he is doing right now is tremendously brave. And I am going to be there for him when Kevin McCarthy um, mounts a primary opponent against him. And I'm going to call that person out. I'm going to let you know this is his punishment for standing up for you so that hopefully you will not fall for it. We're going to remember. We're not going to forget what Ralph Norman has done today. So... Thank you, Representative Norman. It takes a lot of backbone. A kind of backbone is so rare in America, so rare among human beings, so rare given what he's facing. He's like, they're going to they're run $700,000 to a million dollars against him, take him out in the primary for questioning Kevin McCarthy for daring to want legislation securing our border, for daring to want to block terrorists at that border, for daring to stand up for what Gallup polling shows us the mainstream of the American people want. And I don't want him to regret that decision because it's a brave decision. It's a brave decision. All right. We'll be right back. All right, uh, we're going to go out real uh, fast in a minute here. First, want to hit the text line a little bit, though, just for a second. Texter writes, I think our forefathers would be furious at the people for letting our country get like this. I agree with that. And finally, my New Year's resolution, Tara, is to no longer procrastinate. I just haven't gotten to it yet. Well, what are you waiting for? Get on the bandwagon. All right, talk to you tomorrow. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.